What is up, everyone? Welcome to a breaking episode of the Panthers Nation Network. I said it in the post yesterday, Brock, they didn't even give you time to make the shirts before we got what we wanted, but I'm sure you're pretty happy about it. David Tepper didn't want to see all those shirts in Bank of America Stadium. That would have gotten the Niners fans out of there if everybody had those shirts on, saying it loud and proud. Once again, fire rule. I feel great about it. What, what else are we thinking, boys? What are, what are we thinking across the board here? I mean, it's a new lease on life. That's how I look at it. You know, we have a, a little bit of a little bit of a panache right now. You know, a little bit of swag. You bang your chest a little bit. We got an old school per- person who's going to be at the helm. I'm happy it's Wilkes taking over, not McAdoo. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to implement. I loved his press conference, which I know we'll get into, um, and how he was speaking about the team and what, what his direction is going to look like. I mean, I just feel vindicated, bro. I mean, we've been right for a long time, for about mm, about two and a half years now. We've been right, so I mean, it's a great day for the basement, baby. It's all that's all I can say. The basement, <laughs> the basement rises up again. We up three zero on the, on the front office right now. They just let us, they just let us run the team, bro. I think we can have us back in the playoffs at least by and at least by twenty twenty five. And crazy enough, it seems that you know we've again Tepper mentioned the basement, but I mean he's clearly he mentioned in the podcast or in the uh, in the press conference he's he's reading columns, he's looking at columns, he's listening to things. Now I don't know if that carries all the way down to us, but we can have some wishful thinking there. Uh, we can talk first about about Tepper's press conference. My I'll say real quick, I think yeah, uh, I mean. I was genuinely surprised that it came this quickly. I really did. I even said it, you know, the other day that I didn't think this was going to be the loss that did it did him in because I thought that, you know, the the, the fingers were going to continue to be point down, you know, and trickle down to where it was, you know, Baker making those de- indecisions, you know, the offense being lackluster. I thought it was going to continue to go through the way it had been in the past. And so the fact that they made it, I mean, I was driving to work and then my dad called. He was like, did you see? And I was, and I was like, okay, this could be any number of things in terms of Charlotte. <laughs> sports or just in general like this could mean any number of things and uh i was really genuinely surprised when it came across and then concerned for a while up until they made the right decision and put wilkes in it interim that was the icing on the cake it wasn't mcadoo like you said jason i mean there's nobody more on this roster right now that's more deserving of that spot and no one that i would put more trust in to actually put together a feasible successful season whether we want that or not going forward other than wilkes so that's where that's where I kind of came off with it. Is that it was, it was gonna if it was gonna happen, this is the way it needed to go down. So thank goodness we had it go down that way. Yeah. If yeah. they gave McAdoo that head coaching job, that would just mean, hey, we're gonna try to lose in the most obvious way possible, and no one can stop us. If we wanna if we wanna be consistent about something, I'd rather have it be consistent about losing, so we can get a. a, a decent pick that we can get a quarterback at even tepper said it in his interview he knows all about tanking going for picks he was a fan once he knows exactly what we want but given the reins to uh wilkes could add a little boost to the team to maybe remind people why they want to be in carolina especially brian birds and jeremy chin yeah i think he's gonna get i mean the one thing that you get from wilkes is you're gonna get a lot more of the the veterans signing on and following his lead. I mean, you've got Shaq who was there towards the end of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I think that, you know, with Wilkes being at the helm, you will get a little bit more of that keep pounding mantra we've been talking about um, throughout the beginning of the preseason and also the training camp. And I don't want to toot my horn, but if we go back and pull tape, I think I called week five. I think I did. I think if I said we said one, three, one, four, I think I pulled week five out of my hat. I need to go back and pull some tape on that one. 
I'll have to go through the records on that one. That would be one for the ages right there. Oh, man. So, look, first of all, I want to congratulate my frat brother, Steve Wilkes, root to the good brothers that will make it sci-fi, for getting the opportunity to be the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Now, the unfortunate part is that it had to come on the heels of a coach that led this team into despair to the point where there's really what can he really do to salvage this season at one and four and having a four percent chance to make the playoffs already not even a, barely a month into the season it is what it is i think he can have this team compete competitive though the one thing we know about steve was he knows what it takes to win here in carolina uh he was he was here for the for, for the three uh mc south titles uh he was here for the super bowl run but the unfortunate part is that the offense isn't going to be fixed all of a sudden because you changed the head coach. The guy that still runs the offense, he's still there. You can't really change philosophies at this point in the season. It's just kind of, it's too hard of a, it's too hard of a task to ask anybody to do. Um, but do I think we'll have a, a more, a team with a direction? Yes. Cause that's the one thing he, he had, he had one line from, from his person that I actually, I actually wrote down because I specifically wanted to say it on the podcast. He said, quote, you got to make sure that, that you're consistent in your approach and you're clear in your direction with the players and the coaches. And that's the one thing we've been we had begged for for two and a half years that where is this going? What are we trying to accomplish? That's the one that I think we'll have under Wilkes is just at this point. Can with the situation being what it is, can we get anywhere that's salvageable? Right, that's the unfortunate part. But I am happy that he's getting the opportunity, and we will see more competitive football from this team at least for the next twelve weeks. Well, at least see some life out of him because these past couple weeks have just been depressing to watch as a fan. And the one thing that I want to see is Steve Wilkes add a little bit of fire to not only the defense but the offense because these guys are—they probably felt so pressured and held down by Matt Rule as a coach just being there being around in the in the locker room and everything. I can't wait to see what we're going to do. I am hammering Panthers plus 11 this weekend, putting every dollar I own on it. That's, that's bold right there. That is bold. I, I say, Shanti, I actually will disagree with you a little bit on that. I mean, it is very tough to change up, you know, your your culture, your tendencies, and your philosophies. But I think if anyone can do it, I think it could be Steve Wilkes to actually have some sort of direction and get McAdoo off the couch and say, look, we got to put this stuff in. I don't think Rule was doing that. We know that I think Rule was very, very ineffectual as a coach, whether or not, you know, no matter what he was as a person or as a leader, he was incredibly ineffectual as a coach. Hence, you know, where these things came in, he wasn't making those efforts. And I think if there's anyone that can do it right now, whether or not it has any impact on the season as a whole in order to you know, make the playoffs or make a run or whatever we think we should do, that's left to be seen. But I think he's making a great start already on defense, putting Al Holcomb in that DC position. That's that's his Steve Wilkes. He is what he's, you know, he said that in the press conference. That's his guy that's going to tell him, hey, you know, this isn't what we should be doing. We should be doing this. And I think that that's definitely something needed, not a puppet master like Phil Snow was. And I think that was very telling off the bat. It wasn't even Tepper's decision. It wasn't Fitterer's. It was Wilkes. And he said, I'm getting you out of here because you are mishandling and misusing the guys. And it, it alludes a lot to that Twitter thread that, you know, came out a few weeks back um, that spoke about their differences and ideologies and their differences in the approach. So I think we'll see some different things. Again, I, you're right, Shanti. So I think it's unfortunate circumstances. He kind of got that rub in, in Arizona, whether he chooses to admit it or not. And I'm a little, uh, you know, upset about that because it's kind of the same thing we did to cam and, and you know smitty talked about it and cut to it you know what they did to cam and what 
uh, you know, subsequently they're doing to, you know, to Wilkes here in terms of the amount of time that they're going to give him. I mean, and we will jump to Tepper's podcast or to Tepper's presser through this as a segue where he said, you know, the question was what, you know, what it would take for Wilkes to be genuinely considered for this role going forward. And his answer was like, well, you know, they're always going to be, you know, moving pieces and parts. But if he play, if he takes the season and does incredibly, incredibly well, <laughs> like at this point, what are you hoping for and expecting? Are you saying if he doesn't make the playoffs, you're not going to consider him? And that wasn't even if he does incredibly, incredibly well, he's going to get the job. It was just we'll throw him into consideration, and that already gives me a it already gives me an upset upset stomach about the impact he's going to have going forward in this coaching process. Let's be 100% honest. Um, Tepper didn't want a fire rule. Let's, let's, let's just throw, this, throw it out on the table. I think this was definitely seeing that sea of red for the multiple, multiple reports of fans and, and every radio station you turned on from Charlotte to Virginia to DC was talking about how ineffective he was. Any, any outlet you saw from a sports, whether it was ESPN, whether it was First Take, whatever you watch, Whenever we came on the TV, it was almost like a comedy show for the Matt Rule Hour. So it was much more of a pressure than it was for him. It was it's a pride thing for him, right? He's a very prideful man, as you can tell in all of his answers in his press and how he approached the answers in his press. Um, I think the one thing about Wilkes is, again, like we've talked about, first of all, the players by name, but let's talk about the veterans. You know, all the people who've gone by who haven't been around. You know, they asked him about Luke Kuechly, you know, he kind of alluded to the point of he wanted him to play, but I wouldn't be surprised if if, if down the road, if he does do well, that he won't put Luke Keekley in, in, in a position to come in on his coaching staff if he gets the permanent position. So that alone, talking about all the old veterans who haven't been around, we talked about the culture and what it was meant, you know, what it's meant to the organization and how it's been very much lackluster this year and the last couple of years. And you heard Smitty to your point on a cut to it podcast, you know, he kind of alluded to that too about how, you know, Matt Rue rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, whether it's former players, whether it's people who are part of the organization, whether it's people around the city, he was not someone that really was embraced or could embrace anybody of old from Carolina. He kind of wanted to change it. His change just didn't work, as you can see. You know, and the biggest thing, like like you said, Jack, you know, what is what is Tampa going to deem as a successful season at this point, being that you're one and four and that you're having to add an interim head coach. And and and, and also, yeah, I mean, I think having a new a new voice, a new hand honcho and, and uh, you know, around is can do a lot for everybody involved. Like the like you said, for, for Ben McAdoo, you know. I think everybody here is, has has at least had one bad boss, and you understand what that does to your work environment and how you do your, and how effectively you can do your job. Could very well be the same same deal right here, and may and maybe there are some things they can collaborate on and try to get rolling that maybe you know Matt Rule couldn't couldn't do himself. Um, we know that Matt Rule has habitually been the problem. I don't think you can go through this many quarterbacks and this many OCs and still say that, oh, he just doesn't have the right the, the, the right guy or the right fit. I think right now we could possibly see some things transpire that could give us some hope. But, but I mean, I guess a, a question I have is what would how many games would you have to win or how would it have to look in order for you to consider Steve Wilkes being the long term solution to head coach? Are you asking? Are you asking the gaze of, of, of Tepper or us in general? Well, Tepper's, I think Tepper's expectations are going to be unrealistic, so we won't even deal with those. That's for true, us, 
<laughs> for us, what would what would it be realistically for you guys to want to see Steve Wilkes get a chance to come back? Get us the five hundred as a head as a head coach. Yeah, yeah. Get us the five hundred. I get some five hundred. I'm matching up more with Tepper. I, I'm thinking if he doesn't do something drastic, we can't we can't really we can't set him in stone as like a top three pick for our for our coaching position. We we have to do something huge. And if, if if he changes the culture and like what he said in the interviews, he said, we have to have the appearance of winning more games or looking like you're going in the right direction. If we get to 500 though, we're going to have to have some real, real good wins against some good yeah. teams. And I we're going to have to beat the Bucks. We're going to have to beat the Rams, like something like that. Yeah. Well, Brock, I think you answered your own, your own kind of point right in and there. And then to kind of allude to what I'm going to say, because for me, it's honestly not even a numbers thing at this point. Because if you go in for me, unfortunately, Wilkes is already set back incredibly by whatever's going to happen in this quarterback situation. He's not coming in with a, you know, a franchise quarterback or even a semblance of someone to be that like we had had in the past or just at any point. Like, there's no, we don't know. Again, the, the, the big two problems we have were coaching and quarterback. We've dealt with one of those, but still given a big, huge problem to deal with in terms of whether where Baker is. Because, you know, again, like Shanti said, Baker, can, I mean, Wilkes taking the helm is not going to make Baker a franchise quarterback. It's just not going to happen. I don't think there's any scheme that you can cultivate to make him a franchise quarterback at this point in time, especially if he's got a wheel that's coming off, you know, the axle. I think that's going to be an issue in and of itself. But kind of like you said, Brock, I mean, I think that it's it's not what more so the record, but if he shows that semblance of changing that culture, if we are in games, if we are, you know, making a splash, making an impact and actually, you know, not just kind of laying over and taking it every single week, to me, that puts him in consideration. To me, honestly, he's already in consideration, top three, yeah. top five, solely so off, top three. So yeah. Yeah, he's top three. Sean, he's yeah. talking about it. You talk the 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 tenure he had with us in his coordinator position and the success that he saw. Whether Tepper believes we are a successful organization or not, because I have some bones to pick with that comment in and of itself. I do as well. Was yeah. a vital part of the winning culture here in Carolina. And like I said, I think he got a bad rap in Arizona. Not only that, you take that away from it. West Charlotte guy, App State guy coming in like he knows the area he knows the fan base he knows the culture and he literally alluded to he said keep pounding in his press conference that's not something you got mm -hmm. from Perry Fell or mm -hmm. from Matt Rule and I think that in and of itself I mean I, I see what you're coming from Brock the the slate of possible candidates is too insane right now to not consider other people I'm, I'm not saying that I think you gotta consider guys Pep Hamilton Ken Dorsey you know I mean I don't want to, but Sean Payton has to be there in a consideration role if you want to. But you won't get him though. You won't get him. I know, and I'm going to come back to that in a second. I'm going to come back to that point in a second. But so to answer your point, Brock, and to answer your point, Shantis, I think as long as there is a a if he if he follows through on that implementation of direction, because that's something we've missed since Tepper has come to own the team to say to, to say where we know what we're doing from Tepper's mindset it's probably going to be above 500 or at least a winning record and I think that is I, I, the, the word doable does not really wildly count. unrealistic it's yeah What's, I was gonna say wait if we can get the 500 though come on guys mm -hmm. we can get the 500 our schedule our back half our schedule is pretty tough I was hoping to win a couple games early for us to get a, like a real record 
and now you have games like the Lions is gonna is gonna be tough. Even the Steelers still could be a tough game for you with the current roster you have right now. I mean, it, it would be in Saints going forward. You know, if they figure out what they're going on, we're not gonna even mention what's going on in the Saints because I got my phone blown up this week because people know I hate him and I'm not gonna talk about him or give any light to the guy that was behind the center for the Saints. But regardless, I think you know, for me, like I said, for me, it just has to be that that continuation and 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 making the panthers seem like the panthers again that's what it would take for me i think that it needs to be something crazy like like yet again the, the saints do own the rights to sean payton and that's something that they're gonna have to throw a lot a lot of money to get us to bring sean payton on and kick their ass two times a year but that would make me so happy to watch sean payton rule our team and take us to like division wins and owning the saints that is my dream oh, like making the saints <laughs> feel like they have no chance against us is my dream and sean payton can can bring us there bro you know you know we me, me you're on the same page my pride is not that big to not take on sean payton as exactly. a head coach now, realistically, with what you just said about how, about the Saints still having a right to Sean Payton, we're never going to get a chance to touch that man whatsoever. But there are some candidates out there that we have a, unlike the last couple of years where we had to sit back and watch guys like Brian Dayball get jobs and Doug Peterson get a chance to go, to go coach in, um, to go coach in Jacksonville, we don't have to wait anymore and watch those guys take other opportunities. We have a chance to be the first to hop, to get on the phone with some guys, possibly get throw some feelers out there about who we possibly would want. Um, while I do love Wolves getting the opportunity, him being a North Carolina guy, him being a local guy, and him coming up through the Carolina Panthers to even get his first head coaching gig in Arizona, I gotta be realistic and say, we gotta play the field. We gotta really see who's out there. And there's a lot of guys I think could help us right immediately today, especially if, we're, if, if our plan is to go get a young quarterback in this upcoming draft or even after that. I mean, there's, there's just a little too many options for me to just put Wilkes even in a top five of options for our, for our team moving forward. I think the fact of the matter with it is- I'm still on the top three point. I mean, I think I'm with Jack probably top three um, I, I, I've got a list of guys that I'm, I'm, I'm throwing around in my head. Of course, Sean Payton is the unicorn. That's not going to happen. Um, you know, I, 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 even with his interview with Colin Cowherd and how he mentioned this as being an attractive job, he only said it attractive and then he totally diverted it into a whole nother conversation. Um, I, I, I don't see him coming to, to, to North Carolina, to be 100% honest. Um, I agree with you, Shantis, and, and Jack, and all of you. We do have to play the field. We're going to have to date a little bit before we make a decision. I don't want us to jump at the youngest and hottest thing. Though. I really want to do the due diligence on this one. This and is the making or break it for Tepper, right? Like Tepper can't, he can't pull the trigger like he did with Matt Rule. He just can't have him over for dinner and say, okay, you're not leaving. I'm going to go ahead and give you a seven-year a seven deal, right? He's going to have to really do the due diligence on this one. So I'll get my last two cents on the coaching candidates thing. I mean, are, are, we, are we so quick to forget are we so quick to forget the literal bounties that that man put on our best players and on our best talent? Are we so quick to just shoo that away? Because personally for me, the money we'd have to give to Peyton is disgusting and I would not want to even touch it. I don't want to give him that money. I don't care what he would do for our team. I, I just, I, I could not stomach. 
I could not stomach seeing him succeed for the Panthers. It would be awesome to see the Panthers succeed. It would be so hard to swallow just because solely of what the history of him. I don't want Kevin James back there getting us to a Super Bowl. <laughs> I, I really don't. I don't want him getting us to a Super Bowl. I'm sorry. I'll say it. I, and, and you can you can disown me as a fan. I just I. There are very few people on this planet that I would not let us take to a, a Super Bowl. And Sean Payton is not one of those people. I would let him take <laughs> us to a dynasty, become the new Bill Belichick and uh, hopefully Mackerel's Tom Brady. I don't know. But um, I think that Sean Payton is a great football coach. And like, I I'm a Red Sox fan. I had to watch Jacoby Ellsbury and all those guys go over to the Yankees and absolutely kill us. But guess what? When we got some guys from them, it felt good kicking their ass with them. And and uh, like, oh, it's going to feel amazing. I would let him take us to the Super Bowl, to the promised land. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, not only that, if we're saying we, if we think we have a roster that's not so far away from being competitive, then wouldn't Sean Payton be the right guy to, to couple with the weapons of a, of a McCaffrey, of a DJ Moore, with the defensive side of the ball having a seemingly like a true lockdown number one corner in jc a defensive tackle that looks disruptive now in Derek brown and then a top end a top end pass rusher and brian burns will we not want to give that team to a guy that already knows how to win instead of having to learn do the put the training wheels on and have to learn how to ride the bike all over again exactly but I mean, but, I mean, but this is all this is all just conjecture though i'm on Peyton's. i'm on i'm on the Peyton bandwagon i just I just don't see him being open enough to come unless, to your point, Jack, Tepper backs up the Brinks truck, gives him a co-ownership deal on the back end of this thing or something crazy, right? I mean, I don't see him coming for anything other than that. You know what I mean? It would have to be the promise of promises. Look, I I mean, if given if it's between Bill O'Brien and Sean Payton, then yes, I guess in that scenario, I'll take Sean Payton. <laughs> Bill O'Brien? Look at Look at don't do, do not do not no. sit here and tell me that Tepper would not consider Bill O'Brien. We I, mean, I, I swear if he gets yeah. Bill O'Brien, I'm wearing a brown paper bag for the whole tenure. Yeah. Tell I me, swear. tell me, sit here right now and look me in the eyes and tell me he would not consider that. Ben McAdoo's basically Bill O'Brien. Like and you think about think about what we I'm not, I'm not we're not having this conversation. We're not think having of, this conversation. But think about the quarterback room we've sat through. We sat through Teddy, Sam Darnold, and Baker Mayfield. Nothing's out of this out of the wheelhouse now. Like we've okay. actually went through the ringer. That's what I'm saying. And and so, so and, and and also listening to it so because Jason, you talked about it in terms of the, you know, making sure he doesn't jump at the gun. The best question that was asked in his press conference, in my mind, it, at least one of the, my favorite ones, was the, you, would you give another coach a seven-year oh, deal yeah. off the bat? And the answer he gave literally made my stomach turn over. Because he said, you know, it's, it's not too, it's too early to talk about contracts. No, you say, no, I will not. That was a bad idea. I'm not giving <laughs> Sean Payton seven years. I'm not doing it. I'm not giving Sean Payton seven years. I'm barely considering giving Bill Belichick seven years. Like, you just, you don't do that. And for me, if he is has the same amount of, of you know, hand in the pot and, and and making this decision at coaching staff for a head coach, it concerns me. Because a lot of what he said in that press conference concerned me. The bringing, the, like I said, the, the never have a win, having a winning, you know, environment. You can say what you want about the winning record. He still had three, three consecutive 
conference title or conference titles, a division title, Super Bowl run, MVP. You had Walter Payton Man of the Year, and all. And one of the tweets, the best tweets, was talking about all those accolades. You're what 52 and there's and something to that nature. The best thing that he's brought us is Garth Brooks, and apparently we never had music ever in Charlotte, North Carolina before he was yeah, the owner. Tough, I guess man. I I tough. never went to a concert. I guess <laughs> that was tough. That was tough. That was a tough one. Yeah, and he has so, the worst person like or he has he's not a very personable guy he has zero skills with communicating with others and that scared me more than any of the questions he answered during that entire interview if i'm looking for a new coaching job do i really want that guy as my boss not and that's my, i don't and want that's to my answer fear. to him i hope he just like can be the bigger man and just give the reins to someone and say, hey, this is your team. Go do your thing because I obviously can't make the decisions to do that, to uh, to make a team into a dynasty like he keeps talking about and putting them in the right direction. But it's just sad watching him talk with zero personal skills. Yeah, I, Tepper scares, I, I, like you guys said, Tepper scares me about this process because if he's going to be Hopefully he goes back into his shell and he's not this vocal anymore for the rest of the offseason. Because like you said, like you said, Brock, what coach that knows their worth or and, and knows how good they are at their job would want to answer to him. And which to that I will reply, I mean, you may you may be stuck having to go for a guy looking for a second opportunity, which I don't want. Because this is what we end up getting with Ben McAdoo looking for his second opportunity as an OC. I want one of the young guys that one of the guys that are going to be innovative and bring something new and bring some flair to the Carolinas. But uh, David Tepper worries me about how we're going to handle this process, man. He needs to be let Dan Morgan and Scott Fitter do their job. Yeah, let those guys cook. I want to pose a question to that. I want to pose a question to that. I mean, I think you brought up a great point, Brock, and even you, Jack, alluded to it. Who would you want to have like that Bill Polian role we had when we were? that powerhouse, right? Bill Polian came in as a consultant. He was really one of the integral pieces that built those teams back in the heyday. Who would you think of nowadays that you would want to bring in in that position to do that for us, to get Tepper out of the way, to make it a more attractive position? You don't have to work with Tepper. You can work, you're going to be working with me on the day to day. I honestly think Fitter is the only option for that. We watched really? him do it in Seattle. We watched him take Seattle, 2001, I was, uh, not even born, but I they they weren't good at football, were they? They weren't like a team that was in contention. To we talking about Seattle? Like yeah, pre, Seattle. that's like pre Hasselback days or like start of the Hasselback. Yeah, days. so they would have been they would have been middle middle of the pack, kind of a bottom rowing type of franchise by two thousand one. And he yeah. watched them grow from that into a Super Bowl winning, contending dynasty like football team, a team that was in the mix and doing exciting things all the time. They brought Bobby Wagner, um, Cam Chancellor, or KJ Wright and Russell Wilson together in the same draft. Like that's something that we need to put at the head of our of our team. And I think Fitter is the only option. I, th I think you go with your kind of, it's, it'd be a bit, you know, um, I think it would be a bit kind of uh, unorthodox, but you kind of see it in terms of when you have players become owners, players become top, you know, John Elway, guys like that, where I think you maybe need to bring in your, the brain trust of the guys that were painted on the mural there in Charlotte, Greg Olson, you know, Steve Smith, Luke Keekley, these guys that are smart. They're smart guys and they know football and they know the Carolinas. I think that that's Dan Morgan. You got He's already there. 
Dan, mm-hmm. Dan, ring up these guys. You know, have them call guys like Greg Olson, guys like, you know, like Luke Heakley, like Thomas Davis, Julius Peppers had, had even hands in the pot in terms of the front office and say, you know, and not give them the whole, you know, the, the whole ability to choose, but at least this kind of brain trust to go, okay, can this guy be what the Panthers need to get forward? I think Shanti, you talk about it kind of changing points here with that, you know, that younger guy that can implement his own thing and kind of go forward. And you talk about it with Tepper. I mean, the things that can still concern me with Tepper, I mean, he wasn't, like you said earlier, Jason, he's not going to admit to the, the rule decision. He was asked multiple times when, why, what, what was the final straw? And never did he ever even have the balls to say this is what the final straw was he kept saying well there are multiple reasons we know there are multiple reasons tell us what the reasons are so just give us the vindication that you understand why he needed to leave this team my favorite phrase my favorite phrase we got to get it over there we got to get over the hump we never got over the hump we never got over the hump i'm like say that one more time we never got started we we didn't even never And so I think what needs to be like before we even hit Shantice, that that guy who can come in and implement his own new thing, this do something different and, and change the way we play. I think you need a guy that can come and just bring you back to square one. I think that's the unfortunate problem is that choosing Tepper or choosing rule when he did brought us so far down from where we were. We're just scrambling to get back up into, you know, they say you're in the red and then you're the black or the white. We're in like the white, I think is what it is in the middle. I think is that financially that's where it goes and Tepper should understand that. I think we're just climbing to get back to square one to even keel to then take that forward. And for me, if that means that Wilkes can kind of be that guy to reset and restart, you might i mean it might be at a point where yes we have the ability to but are they going to want to work with this owner are they going to want to implement their own thing under this new owner that's going to give them the ability to do so fitter will be able to kind of map that out but it's almost like cam newton you know you bring a guy in who has the sentimentality who has the you know the feel for the area and the team and just either hope he succeeds and pushes you forward or just throw him to the wolves and at least it's going to hold off for a little bit while you try to find someone that can you know provide a little bit of lackluster and that's kind of my fear with the whole thing is that I, I don't know what direction. I just think, like you said, Tepper just needs to not have his hand in the process. He made it, he made it very clear that he does have an essay. <laughs> he said that in the press conference. He's like, I, look at I, as much as you don't think I make it, I make it. I see, I read the columns. I know what y'all want. I was a former fan. I don't know what that means, but that doesn't give you like any sort viewers, of, I think. I, that doesn't give you any sort yeah. of uh, credential to know what we think and to know what we feel. Nah, not what, not whatsoever. But uh, back to the who will we trust being the make kind of the brain trust of the Panthers organization moving forward. I think getting Luke Keekley back in the building is pivotal. I think that's a guy, a guy that was already working as trying to be a scout, and like you know, in, in his little bit of time with his post uh, post playing career, I think allow him to get back into that. Hopefully, he hopefully he even want to get back into it with this franchise. Thankful, I think thankfully having Matt Rule gone could. Could lend to uh, Luke Kuechly want, uh, wanting to come back, especially if, let's say, uh, Wilkes were to prove it, prove himself worthy to get the full-time job to be to take the interim tag off. I think you could easily see that happen. Um, but other than that, I don't really know a whole bunch of guys that I'm just trusting to to this. I'm not really that well versed as far as guys who are great decision makers up top. Again, I think Dan. I think having Dan Morgan move into a more prominent role, having him and Scott work in tandem without the opinions of Matt Rule, you know, you know, cloud, cloud in the mix. I think that'll be much better. I think we'll see a better mix of what we, I, we won't be trading nearly as many picks for mediocre guys anymore. I think that. I think that will probably stop. Jason, I think the guy you had always talked about, the guy you said you hated, we let walk out the door as far as the GM goes. I can't remember his name. Brandon um, Bean. 
And I don't know the legality of that and whether he Buffalo Bills, baby. I'm trying yeah. to tell you. He's the I don't know the reason why they got Stephon Diggs. That's how they got Shady McCoy who, when they needed Shady gonna go McCoy. to the Jets, we just saw. Yeah, I mean, he was <laughs> about to go to the Jets. The, the, uh, he said in the, on the whatever Von Miller, Phil, Von Miller's vindicating podcast, whatever they gave him that, he alluded to the fact that he could have been traded to, he was actually supposed to be traded to the Jets. Why did the team. Jets get that and we don't get a look? That is insane. Zach Wilson, is he there a was guy a, that was there like, was, I mean, Wilson would not have been on the team when that, the time that trade would have been. Oh, no, no, this was, this was. This, so this was that draft class. This, this was, was saying, like coming from Minnesota to yeah. wherever, and I think there was another team too that he almost was wow. supposed to go to. I think he said, I can't remember what, maybe like the Cardinals mm-hmm. or someone. But Brandon mm-hmm. Bean, if the legality that would be able to be, I mean, that's a guy that I think you would who had his hand yeah. in the organization. Um, yeah. And Bean is somebody that, that I mean, he's he he was young when he left. He was late twenties, early thirties when he went up to Buffalo with with McDermott. McDermott actually got the head coaching job, came back and got Bean. And their first two moves was something like Shady McCoy and, um, oh my God. Oh, they had Sammy Watkins. It was the other receiver that was on the other side of uh, Sammy Watkins. I can't remember who it was. Who was up there with Sammy Watkins when they first Manuel got Emmanuel Sanders? Yes, Emmanuel Sanders. I think it was. From, from, from Buffalo. Either way, he's made some phenomenal, some phenomenal moves up there. He's built it up with Josh Allen. I mean, he was integral in going after Josh Allen. I mean, you know, all those things that they've done up there in Buffalo. I call that Panthers North because um, they have my front office. Should have been our front office anyway. He was a part of the scouting, so he knows the game. So I agree with you. I think there's some other people out there. I like Chantice's point about Luke Keekley. I like the brain trust piece. I don't think Steve wants to be in the front office like that, but I could definitely see a Luke Keekley, a Jonathan Stewart, maybe. Uh, I mean, maybe the fact these guys lost. Trey Boston. Yeah, Trey yeah. Boston's a guy that can change stuff up. Yeah, exactly. Just be a guy that people can go yeah. talk to. And he's a cool guy. I played basketball at 24 Hour Fitness with him one time. He is so cool. Like, he can talk to anyone. I just feel like getting him in a group of like 22 to 26 year old guys is just what we got a yeah. bulk of right now. We just give him someone to look at to like get him hyped up on the sideline. There's no no energy we got. like we need to switch it up i didn't even think uh luke keekley would be an option guys like that greg olson if we can get those two guys in the front office with the job they didn't mess with matt rule they didn't mess with matt rule they really didn't mess with matt rule i mean, I mean we, look, we look at some of the tidbits i mean some of the things that have come out on twitter if they're to be believed matt rule had a hand in what was posted on social media or not and that is ridiculous. i believe it <laughs> I believe it. Too. I believe it too. I absolutely believe it too. Especially if you look back. I remember when they had that infamous post about which goat would you choose, and it was it was Keekly, Peppers, and Smitty, and Cam was nowhere to be found. That would have been concocted exactly. Matt would have thrown that on a napkin at dinner and said, "This is what I want you to post right now. Do it. Do it now." No, but um, he wants to bring Cam to a Super Bowl, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, look at Luke. You know that that I don't think that they've named a linebacking coach quite yet no uh did you see with steve Wilkes when they brought that up right he said you know my coach, like my coaches, al, al is gonna be the dc but i think al's still gonna have his hand in there he's still gonna be in the uh in the secondary room you know quite prevalent well and so interestingly enough we kind of think about that i, I think it's something that's kind of gone over the only two or i think only two they're only two or at least the last two interim coaches for the carolina panthers both been black men and both been the defensive back coach before they got the interim gig in Perry Fell and in Steve Wilkes. Oh. I think that's just interesting. You know, when, when Rivera was fired, that's yeah. over the helmet. I, I think that's just, that. 
that's just an interesting tidbit to me to, to think about is that you very rarely do you think about a defensive back coach becoming your interim head coach. You know, you think you go to a coordinator or you go special to, you know, teams guy. yeah, especially. Yeah. Teams. yeah. We had to yeah. fire a coordinator. We knew, we knew, we knew once rule was going and they didn't name Phil Snow. I, I, I counted Phil Snow one week to two weeks tops. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. that was, that was going to go regardless. Um, so then I think we can, if we can talk about some other stuff, then if that Twitter thread was to be believed, he came out with another one from the same source talking about the future you know obviously once you have this head coaching decision and you talk about this tanking the tanking you know dialogue goes in and comes in and so you know talk about trades untouchables or not supposedly according to this thread the panthers are entertaining a trade for i think it was a second round pick in devin singletary for christian mccaffrey to the bills and then shopping robbie anderson to i want to say it was green bay for like a fourth and a sixth round pick and i want to get your thoughts on that Look at man. If we having a fire sale, somebody got to pay top dollar. Like if if I'm giving away my best guys, and these are and McCaffrey's still a top ten running back in the league. I think if he had a if it, under under a better scheme, he'd be pushing top five right about now. Robbie Addison's still a viable wide receiver. I mean, you getting a four for Robbie maybe that maybe about as good as you can get. But for McCaffrey, y'all gonna have to pay. So whatever, so so however much I can tax you, whatever the maximum is, I I'm, I I suppose you can get from McCaffrey. You're gonna have to pay me that, and that's the only way this is going down. I I, I can't give up key pieces, mind you. If I mean, it's like what direction do you want to go in? And this is gonna tell us a part of this direction too. If you start trading off guys like Robbie and CMC and DJ Moore, possibly, well, we must be entertained. We well, we have to be. But Shantice, we talked about CMC at the beginning of the year, right? Like. We're, we were all kind of understanding like this is his make it or break it year. Why not get something for him while he's healthy? True. I'm playing devil's advocate here, right? Why not get something for him? Use Dante Foreman and Chuba Hubbard to get you through the season and then you go back to the draft. I don't see a problem in that. I would, I would be, what have we done with our second round picks in the, in the past though? And what are we going to really do with Devin Singletary? That's my thing. If we're gonna do, and that's what Chauncey's saying. If we're doing this, I need a first rounder, and yeah. I need, yeah. I, tra- I need, and I need, tra- and I need Tremaine Edmonds. As that's who I need, yeah. or I need, you know, yeah, sure. if I need a first rounder and Jordan Poyer. That's that's who I need. Like, I, you got to give me. I don't or Dawson Knox. I'm not taking Devin Singletary. I don't need Devin Singletary. I don't want right. to. I don't. I don't need it. He's not. What has he done for me? What but I'm saying, though, we exactly. can't shun the fact that we may need to look at that deal with CMC. I, I, I think oh, that's yeah. last, last uh, offseason. I think we. I, yeah, I think, I, I think a deal for, for CMC needs to be, but like like Chanti said, you got to give me a first rounder. Oh yeah, and you got to yeah. give me a viable player that I can use. I don't want some. You look at if you're getting a Christian McCaffrey, you can, you can do whatever you want with Singletary. I don't need him. Like you said, we got we got Foreman, we got Chuba. Not the best. We can pick somebody up. We can call somebody. We can pick someone up to come up and and make something happen. I'm fine with that. But I need. A viable. I need. I need a B lister, a B lister, A lister in a first round. That's what I've said from the beginning with with, with McCaffrey. I don't think you're going to get two first rounders or anything like that anymore. But no, not now. If, 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 if we're going to break. The bank, we're going to break the bank. And his it, it, for Buffalo, we're in the power position here. I mean, mind you, I mean it is what it is for us. I mean, we're not we're not playing for anything. Buffalo, you're competing for a Super Bowl. 
Do you want to win or not? You have you you went and spent bit. You went and spent good money on Von Miller, who is on the back end of his career. You gave him what over a hundred million plus. So if you really all in on, on on getting this thing done with Josh Allen and you and a bunch, you got a bunch of guys over there that came from the Carolina system and saw what happened with Cam and what you and what happens when you don't go all in on talent around your quarterback. You say what you want to, man. You you want to go with something pretty for this. That's what yeah. I'm saying. They need that spark. They need because they're they're pushing the envelope and they're and you know they they might have handled the, the Steelers, but that's not going to make anyone forget about how hard it's been for them to handle other teams going forward. And these have been some you know powerhouse teams, but they need that that second spark, and it's coming from that running back spot. So that's we're sitting pretty in the chair for McCaffrey, Robbie. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, at this point, I'll take it or leave it. Receivers, I can't get up and grasp on anymore right now. So get Robbie. You know, I, I think we should give more chances to Terrence Marshall, like you've been yeah. saying forever, Jack. Like that's your guy. If, and if you want that, then we need Robbie out. And a fourth round pick for Robbie. That's fine. Perfect. Yeah, Perfect. I'll take it. I'll take it. We got Shaw Smith. Tell him, tease. We got we got Shaw Smith. Look, look, let Terrence Marshall and Shaw Smith spin. There's no point of waiting at this. I mean, bro, you they didn't play their rookie year, right? You wasted their entire rookie season because neither one of them got any real shot. You've at least given Shaw a chance. Now Terrence is coming back and it played well in his in his time back. Let those young guys spin and let's just see what we have with with, with the second round pick and the sixth round pick. You can miss me with Shai Smith. You can miss me with Rashad Higgins. You can miss me with Terrace Marshall. I want to see Charleston Rambo on the mother-loving field making oh a name for himself. Yeah, I know he's got the dog in I need Jack it. I'm sorry. He's in, he's in the unemployment line right now. I don't I'm think he's even on the practice squad. Is he even on the practice <laughs> squad what? right now? I, I no. say, sign him sight unseen like a mail order bride. I need him on the field <laughs> right now making waves. He's going to be bigger oh than George God. Pickens. He's going to be bigger than any other guy you got out there. I'm telling I you. Can't. I can't, Jack. I can't. This, I really this can't. is the delirium that this Panthers organization has put me through, all right? This is where my brain's at. This is where I'm going through. But yeah. wrapping up, looking at the Rams super short week now you're already on the road flying out west and you now it's tuesday and i don't know what semblance i know he said they were, the guys were gone yesterday i don't know what they did today what they is your honor they gave him the day away today to get themselves together they're back tomorrow he said okay and so see so what is your realistic expectations going forward for this game are you feeling better feeling worse what are we thinking feeling better than last week but it's going to be a tough one i mean the rams are coming off a, a drubbing i mean matt matthew stafford looked real bad on sunday there's going to be a huge chip on their shoulder. Sean McVay's at the helm. I mean, I think we're going to look good, though. I think we, I think you're going to see some fighting out there. I think you're going to see a whole bite. It's not going to be a blowout. It's not going to be pretty. Seven-point game if we lose, and if we win, we win by one or two. Yeah, possible. I mean, I can see us losing by as much as 10, which I don't think is bad considering That's that you'll bad. probably – that, like, you'll, you'll, it'll be a late score – They'll, they'll they'll take they'll extend the lead. It'll be too much for us to handle. But I think you'll see a competitive group. And at and at this point, we're I mean we I have like little league expectations. Just be just just be competitive for four quarters. Mm-hmm. That's it. If you can show me some life offensively, that would be great. Defensively, I expect what I what I've expected from you all year defensively, which is to be solid. Offensively, can we get a little bit more life? I mean, especially with PJ Walker. I'm not expecting much, but uh, just keep just keep this thing close, and I'll be happy with that. Uh, like I said earlier, plus eleven and the under <laughs> is going to hit, so I will be betting on that. But um, if you look at the stats of coaches' first game off, like or 
being fired or if it's an interim or something, their first game is a lot of the times a win. I'm not saying that we're going to win, but like Jack, you said this uh, a couple weeks ago and I've been thinking about it constantly, winning in spite of. I think that that's a great theme for this game. Like show Matt Rule that you are absolutely nothing by going out and playing your your heart out for the Panthers logo, not Matt Rule, because that's what it stood for uh, last week. It stood for Matt Rule, but this week it stands for the team we got right now and Scott Wilkes being a badass. So plus 11 in the under. That's what I, that's my prediction. I think, you know, like I said, in terms of over, I'm looking smaller scale than big picture, I think right now. And I mean, I think that the, the most exciting thing is the defense under the full control of Wilkes and of Holcomb and going and looking at how Matt Stafford has looked these last few weeks. I, I don't want him to even be able to get the ball out to Cooper Cup or to Van Jefferson or anyone like that. I want us blitz and six. Russian burns like the way he's supposed to be and, and having a system in them to create turnovers. I think if you make it that kind of game, I don't see the offense still, you know, lighting a spark under everything again with PJ. Um, I, I just don't know how that's going to go. But I think, you know, yeah, I think, you know, 10, 20, maybe it, it, the best thing I would love is for us to break and then losing, you know, 17 points and we lose that game, trying to break that record. Maybe they're not letting up 17 points or somehow, you know, winning still letting up 17 points if that's physically possible i i'm not i don't have huge expectations but i have a better you know i'll be excited to watch i'll actually be excited to watch there is a the hope of not knowing is so much better than the (laughs) benign you know role that is knowing exactly what's going to happen and knowing how bad it's going to be i'd rather everything be up in the air and the possibility for change outside of the no it's just we're just going to fold over again and i think that voices sound so much more happier as we talk about this game today as we did on sunday because on sunday we were all like (laughs) Oh, we're gonna get blown out. Aaron Donald's gonna have a big day. <laughs> gonna carve us and, up. And all of those things are still almost entirely. Yeah, they're still possible. on the table. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron Donald's got four in him, I think, this week. <laughs> oh yeah. I, yeah. I, I can confidently say for the first time in 33 months, we don't have to keep waiting. And finally, finally we can start to keep pounding.